This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that's full of fire and fury, but thankfully doesn't have any nukes. I'm Andrew Page, and with me is Mr. Scott Phillips. G'day, Andrew. G'day, fools. Good to be with you. One of my favourite tweets during the week was from our good mate on the program, Liam Flanagan, who, uh, Liam, you said... You imagine, go on, you tell us the story. Well, no, I saw the announcement that he would unleash fire and fury, and then I just pictured Donald Trump standing in front of the mirror, shirt off, flexing his arms, and that he definitely would have named his biceps fire and fury. <laughs> you can just so easily see <laughs> that it. Is, that, is my fav- that is my favourite quote of the week. <laughs> and cool. quite frankly, that is also now the official highlight of this entire podcast. We peaked in the first 30 seconds, and it only gets worse. All about fire and fury. But we'll keep going anyway. Why not? Let's press ahead. What are we going to talk about? Well, we've got a few things to talk about this week. It is week two of Earn. Season, so we're going to uh, talk about the high and the low lights there. Um, plus, Scott, we got a bunch of questions through the mailbag. Questions, week. comments, exactly. Questions, even a tweet. Even a tweet. So we thought we'd address some of those. And thank you, as always, for sending those through. Listeners. I love mailbag. It's my favourite. It's thing. great, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Please keep sending them through. And I'm going to get on my high horse. So have fun with that. <laughs> uh, oh God. Um, earning season wrap though. So a bunch of companies have come out. Uh, we'll run and this isn't them. even the biggest week, right? Next week is when it really hits. Yeah, its I'm, I'm so not looking forward to <laughs> next week. Oh man. How can you not be looking forward to it? It's what we do. I know. But but it's just that it all comes out so so quick and, you know, full of um, fire and fury, you could say that it, it you know, I, I like things at a more even, gentle pace. I've got to say, we, we get some alerts from a particular email service that tells us when company announcements come out. Yeah. And you get the email that pops in your box like, oh, God. Yeah. And you hope desperately it's great. And then the pity of something, you think, oh, this could be really bad. And then you're going to, it's like, like Christmas Day, but when you're opening either a present or a lump of coal, you don't know until you open. It's like, is it? Oh no! Or oh, thank God! Yeah, it's a yeah. It's and a is it just time. me, or is it seems like it's we're at one of those earnings seasons where if a company does really well, it's kind of like yeah, we were expecting that, and nothing happens. But the slightest miss, and things start falling. There so was an amazing story about that, which we'll get into in a little bit with we, earnings season. We will, we will. In fact, well, I'll, I'll kick things off. Please uh, do. Transurban. Uh, these are the guys who probably every commuter and driver in Sydney, Melbourne, <laughs> Brisbane hate. They own a bunch <laughs> of toll roads. They charge like wounded bulls. Okay. And it's one of the reasons why I love the business from a, from an investment point of view. They just ratchet those tolls up every year and they make a squillion dollars. And it was the same kind of story this time around. Traffic numbers were up pretty much across the entire portfolio. Revenue and earnings up a very solid 10%. And they mm-hmm. guided for another strong increase in the distribution. So a cracking result. The market actually fell down a little bit there. There's a little concern. Well, I guess um, the transurban share price, anyway. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they might have to do another capital raise. It's a very capital intensive business. It ain't cheap to build a toll road. They do get exceptional returns on it. But it's like a very quick stop. Okay. Capital raising, what's that? Sorry, that's when uh, a company passes the hat around. Right. And they say, can we have some more money, shareholders, please? <laughs> that's not that much fun. Well, it depends, right? So that, that's, that's what the, the share market does. Right? It really facilitates <laughs> that kind of thing. You know, right. you're, you're basically saying, we've got a business plan here. We're going to make a lot of money. We need some money to make some money. Give us, give us some and right. you'll get a good return. And frankly speaking, as long as the company allocates that capital well, they make some sensible investments and they get good returns on that, you will be rewarded as a shareholder. Right. Um, so they, they, they're, not, they're not bad things whatsoever. As long as it's done well. So yeah, I could go on. That's, 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 that's a topic for another day. Let's move on. Tell us about um, the uh, couple of the tech giants did uh, very well, yeah. real estate and uh, car sales. Mate, think back. Well, so, some of us are old enough to remember 20 years ago when these guys mm-hmm. were babes in the woods. Yeah. When realestate.com and car sales and seek 
were all losing money. They were trying to upset the the might and power of of the yep. classifieds kings, the newspapers, mm-hmm. the rivers of gold that, that were full of the Sydney Morning Herald and the Age and the Courier Mail and the Tizer. These were these were absolutely just you couldn't help but mint a fortune in newspapers. Yeah. And then came the internet and then came the classifieds. Yeah. And REA and car sales just year after year after year after year are doing such a spectacular job. Um, car sales profit was up 10%. Realestate.com's uh, profit was up 12%. Uh, and these are on already very, very large numbers. And think about, you know, they they own these segments by now. Yeah. It's one thing if you're a small upstart and you're taking share from somebody else. Mm. The market is realestate.com. The market is Seek. The market is car sales. Mm. And these guys still manage high single-digit, low double-digit profit growth year after year after year on increasingly larger numbers. Um, they, these are spectacularly great businesses. Look, put that in perspective, listeners. Give you uh, REA Group has grown, uh, has, has delivered for shareholders a thirty percent compound annual return over the last ten years. So on average, <laughs> your investment has increased by thirty percent every year. I can't do and, the math in my head, but that's like well, doubling every couple of years. Right. So that's the, when you say thirty percent for ten years, you're not talking about three hundred percent. No, that's no, a no. compound number, right? Yeah, so yeah. as you say, it doubles every three years, give or take. Probably that two yeah. and a half years. Yeah, yeah. So for ten years, it's probably doubled four times. Yep. So that's one to two to four to eight to 16. Yeah. 16 fold return, give or take among friends. That's a, an awesome. Now, riddle me this. So we're spending longer on Batman. this than we should, but it's an interesting um, point. So uh, any value oriented investor would have looked at these, you say, even five years ago yep. and say, yes, it's great. Yes, they're clearly winning. Yes, it's, it's all wonderful. But the PE. The price to earnings ratio, the, the 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 multiple here is crazily I'm not high. That much, you know, we're looking at car sales is on about twenty eight, and real estate online REA Group is on thirty eight times Correct. something like that. Correct. So, so people say, yeah, great companies. Yes, we really like them. Can they continue to grow at this pace? Geez, I don't know. The market is pricing in perfection, and then some. Is this something that worries you? Yes and no. Your point about years years ago is is absolutely valid. And, right. and if REA has gone up sixteen fold in ten years, that's a nice problem to have, right? Mm. You, and you, the PE was high the whole way through. So yeah. there are reasons why you want to pay high prices for growing business. Amazon's PE, by the way, is one hundred and eighty yeah. times. Yeah. So that puts puts it makes, makes REA look cheap. Yeah. Um, the question though is future growth, and I have to say they're starting to get up to levels that I'm a little bit uncomfortable with, in the sense that you're already getting a very high level of profit. Yep. You already own the entire market. Yep. You get the, industry the hyper, growth after a point. Right. right? The hyper growth you got when you were the disruptor is great, mm-hmm. but at some point you become the incumbent. Mm. And then as you say, you only get industry growth. Now they've got lots and lots of pricing power, lots and lots of listing potential. They're getting people to pay more money for more features. So there are there are still ways to juice revenue and juice profits, yeah. but that, ha- that train has to slow mm. as it takes on extra heft. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Speaking of heft. <sighs> God, what a load of, I just, I I can't loathe this company enough. It's AMP. (laughs) It's one of those big blue chip companies. When you and I grew up, AMP was absolutely synonymous with financial services. It was the the insurance company. Yeah. Yep. And, and yet if you had held this again, you could see someone 10 years ago, I just want to play this sensibly big blue chip, profitable dividend paying company. I'm going to buy that. And yet your shares have halved over the last 10 years. Earnings, and that's in a market sales, that's probably doubled or tripled over that time? It's just been woeful. Um, so, it was, I mean, they managed to deliver an underlying earnings uplift of 4%. <laughs> This year. Uh, so it's probably the second part of that word underlying that you want to focus on there. The statutory results were, were much worse, down about 10%. They had a few write-downs, is that right? Yeah. The, you, this <laughs> is just a fin- – I can't, I can't get over how badly run AMP has been. Yeah. 20 years ago, 1998, almost 20 years ago, mm. this is a $15 share price. Yeah. They're now selling for five and change. Yeah. 
over, over 20 years, they've, they've gone down by two-thirds in 20 years, despite being the biggest name in financial services effectively. Yep. 20 years ago, the, I don't even know if, well, Commonwealth, they would, the banks would have been listed, but only just. Mm, yeah. A&P was the, was the big daddy of them all. It was the, the blue suits. It was the, you know, the A&P insurance husband was the dude. He was the guy. Yeah. Get out if you're holding share. I'm going to be very direct on this one. It's, just, it's not terrible. There's, there's far more speculative, high-risk stuff out there, but it's just there's, there's much better quality stuff as well. That's right. The Get plane's the about to leave the terminal. Seriously, speaking of hey, I like what you did hey, there. Hey. I like it. Virgin Australia. <laughs> um, they made a loss, but not as much of a loss as they made the year before. You talked about share prices moving in response to earnings. Um, Nick Scully, we're not going to talk in a lot of detail about, but profit was up 45% and shares fell by eight, right? So keep that in your head. Virgin, Virgin delivered a $180 million loss mm -hmm. and shares were up 6%. Well, they did lose $225 million in the year before. Hey! It's, <laughs> it's getting better. At, the, at that rate, if they go, you know, by the time, what, 10 years time, they'll have made a dollar and the shares will be up by 40%. Well, they were cash flow positive too. So outside of accounting numbers, they brought in more cash than went out the door. In, in, that's the first time yeah. in five years and as that, well. And so. that was exactly why people were, were talking about it. Speaking of cash. Oh God, you're good today, <laughs> mate. He's on fire. The Segway King. Hey, hey. We're going to talk about uh, a bank and CBA. Oh, it's a cash the, the, money yeah, bank. Yeah, I get it. I, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I got that. Stay, stay listening. Even listeners. I got You'll that. You'll learn some things here. Um, CBA had another record. Every time CBA reports, it's a record result. Yeah. Um, 9.9 it's like, billion it's like saying, dollars. It's like saying Australia's got a record number of people again. Of course we bloody do. <laughs> it's funny, that. I hate it? that. God, I hate that. So, that's a high loss for another day, not that, for today. That's a good one, actually. All right. Um, yeah, we'll so, so CBA, $9.9 .9 billion profit. Um, you can go into a, a, a lot of detail here, but... For me, when you look at the cash profit they were making, it was only up by about 3% or so per share. It, as we've made the point before, yes, it's a, it's a, a very big dominant company, good competitive um, characteristics, et cetera, et cetera. Yield of about 5%, fully frank, that's all wonderful. But the growth is pretty anemic, certainly well down on what they have done historically. And sort of you look into the crystal ball and you think, well, geez, where is this loan growth coming? Where is the growth mm -hmm. coming from? Not it, only that, mate. Wealth management scandal, insurance scandal, money laundering, money scandal. laundering scandal, and yet, and yet, yeah, you know, you talk about you talk about sticky businesses and recurring revenue. Mm, mm. Banks aren't necessarily recurring revenue in the traditional sense of a subscription business. Yeah, but God, this yeah. I don't know. Last time you changed banks, I haven't changed banks in a long Never time. Never change banks, right? And, yeah. and you kind of think we got every incentive to change banks, yeah. we just don't. Yeah, no wonder CBA is making a mint. Is yeah. Speaking of mints. Speaking of mints. I've got nothing. I was going to say, where what are we doing going, next? Where are you going there? <laughs> Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. We got some uh, comments, um, questions from listeners. And again, thank you for that mm. throughout the week. Mate, if um, if other people want to get in touch, how would they do so? Yeah, we love getting your questions, comments, thoughts. Um, if you've got any abuse, send it to Andrew. If you've got any compliments, send it to me. Right. Um, you can follow us. The easiest way, frankly, is Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, I get it. But actually do yourself a favor. It's actually a really fun, cool platform. Yeah. So if you're on Twitter, our, our Motley Fool account is at the Motley Fool AU. Make sure you put the AU on the end, otherwise you get our US brethren, mm -hmm. the Motley Fool AU. Or you can get to me on TMF, that's for the Motley Fool, TMF Scott P. Or Andrew on Sage underscore Simeon. S-A-G-E underscore Simeon as in the monkey. Wise monkey. I don't know what I was thinking of. You know when he's like, <sighs> create a username, I thought cool at the time but now i'm sort of stuck with I, it forever. i'm not, I'm not going to embarrass you with your skype username but i can I, you have form with v -neck that v-neck is classy my friend come on
Otherwise, you can email us at <laughs> info at fool.com.au. So if you're not, if you're not yes. a Twitter user, info at fool.com.au. Pretty simple. Address it to Andrew and Scott, and we will get back to you. Okay, the first one, we got an email from Akar, and hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Uh, he said, hi, I'm not sure if you can pass this on, but listen to... I listen to Scott and Andrew's podcast on a weekly basis on the Triple M website, and I'm interested okay. to know if they could bring up what doing your own research means in their eyes what to look out for, et cetera. It's a great question. We talk a lot about, you know, if you're going to invest directly in shares, take the time to look into them and the rest of it. But geez, where do you start, mate? You know what? Alice has come up with much better topics than we do. They sure do. So, so research is a really... That's why we're promoting the mailbag. <laughs> That's right. The love of God, help us out, yeah. somebody. It's a really good question about research because investing is one of the very, very few things where the longer you do it, the better you get, no matter your age. Mm. You know, when, when tennis players and cricket players are leaving the pitch and doing their own thing, yeah. you and I are still hanging around here and we're probably too old to play competitive sport. But we Probably. Can... <laughs> I'm being nice. Listeners can't see us, mate. Work with me. Okay, the longer we do this thing, mm. the better we're going to get at it. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the, it's very few things you can say that about. Normally other yeah. things, other, other endeavors have their peaks. Yeah. It's probably physical fitness or something mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. In this case, the, the combined experience you get from investing helps every single time. Things you learned yesterday, the week, a week ago, a year ago, 10 years ago, Compounds. help inform. Yep. Right. So being, going through the GFC is super, super valuable yeah. in 2017, even though it was almost 10 years ago. So research, it, it's, it's tough. There's a couple of ways that I do some research, and they're probably in two separate buckets. One I'd call kind of broadly, probably scuttlebutt to use Peter Lynch's mm -hmm. term. Yep. And that's just literally keeping my eyes and ears open. Mm -hmm. It is reading the paper. It's watching how people shop. It's watching the things that people do, what they use, just literally what's happening in life. Yep. You see someone with a new handbag mm -hmm. or shopping in a new shop or a new piece of tech or whatever yep. it is, the things that you go on around you, the advertising you see on TV that talk about new products, new companies, new services, mm. that's a great way to do it. The flip side of the other version of that is, is literally reading the paper. Yeah. And there's, there's no substitute for grabbing an SMH or an Age or a Courier Mail subscription grabbing an AFR subscription, just literally keeping abreast of what's going on, taking an active interest in the things that I'm I, I think that's taking. the thing to highlight. Before anything you do, you've got to be, you've got to have a certain level of intellectual curiosity. Right. You've got to be engaged. I mean, and that's not for everyone. We get that. I mean, a lot of people prefer far more interesting things and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if you are going to be involved in this, take and just be curious about the way the world works because that's what investing really is. And I guess my, what I would sort of say is I, I start with the big broad brushstrokes here and you sort of ask, remind yourself that you're not just buying a ticket here you're buying a company it's a real company mm. it's out there there's people involved in that company what trying to make more and more money each year under if you can't answer the question what does this business do yeah and how, how and again you don't have to get super technical and, and specific on this but you know mm -hmm. roughly what is their earnings profile like over the next five to ten years and, and again i'm not talking about quarterly forecasts on numbers is the company growing at five percent a year is yeah. it, is it yeah. a steady state company is it a car sales that's growing in double digit kind mm -hmm. you, you need to have that kind, and, and that sort of sets a framework for everything else that follows right right and i think that's really important the other thing you can do is uh, what we call screening, which basically just means looking for some criteria that you like, whether that's yeah. let's say growth or dividend yield or something else. Even the likes of Comsex website has a little uh, a little screening tool. So there are some high-powered ones that professionals can use. Um, I don't use as much as people probably expect I do, quite frankly. I no, think there's, I there's only I so much value in those. Amount, but, yeah. but if you're looking for a way to sort of start with something and say, look, What's, what's growing nicely? You know, what businesses are growing? How can I, can I start there and have a look around? Yep. Having a, sometimes a list just to start your research yep. with. When you, if you walk up to the market and say, well, which of these 2,000 companies will I buy? Yes. It's a tough thing to do. And no wonder people go for the banks and the miners because they're kind of the biggest, most well-known companies out there. So yep. people just buy what they know and I get it. Um, just getting a list of, of kind of the companies, maybe just, just you know, see what's growing at 5% a year, 10% yep. a year. And then see if you know any of those and then see if you think you like their business and they're reasonably priced. Um, 
You know what? I think some people ask these questions and they want really detailed answers. And I, I don't know what a car like a formula or a checkbox. Well, not only that, but yeah. there's, I think there's a presumption checklist. that it must be horribly difficult and, and complex, and there must be. Well, some you can make software. it pretty complex if you want to, but right, it doesn't right. necessarily add a lot of value. I found I, it, it really doesn't. So that, that's probably my key point: is you know, yes, do, do your own research, find new companies, find new things. But don't try and get too clever about it because, frankly, that's not necessarily going to give you a lot of results. And two quick things I'd like to add. Read, 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 and, and read some more. That's and, and, four things. <laughs> that's right. Well, I mean, and I'm not talking – you mentioned the sort of the press and keeping your finger on the pulse. I would just add just getting some of the investment book classics and just reading that kind of stuff. Yeah. You don't need to go to an MBA. You, you will be a far better investment uh, investor as a result of it. I think we've been through some of those books before, Andrew, in one of our early podcasts. But it's worth highlighting a couple. Yeah. Um, Warren Buffett's annual letters are one. Oh, of course. One yeah. Up on Wall Street by Peter Lynch Definitely. is another. Definitely, yep. Common Stocks, Uncommon Profits. The most uh, important thing by Howard Marks, I, I'd, I'd suggest there as well. That's a little bit kind of intermediate advanced, I'd say. So yeah, yeah. Get, get into it by all means. But Accessible, um, maybe, but yeah, it's a bit, bit more advanced. But I, I, really love, I really love the way he thinks. Nice. Um, and, the one thing I, and the one thing I would also finish it off on, what not to do is, for the love of God, stop focusing on those wiggly lines on a chart. They, they are just going to distract you from what you are looking to do. If you're out there to speculate and punt, good luck to you. Don't. Maybe you'll find, some, you'll, you'll, you'll find some, some luck there. But if you're an investor, if you're an investor in the true sense of the term, you are not going to be, you know, you're not going to make it or break it based on you know, the fact that share price went up 3% in the last week or something like that. It, it is a distraction now, and Andrew, a dangerous one. The next email we got was from Tommy. On I got it on LinkedIn. Oh yeah. Um, yep. There's actually no question here. This is just for me to boast about how good we are. Okay. Um, but, but I also want to recognize Tommy because Tommy says, hi Scott, I hope you're well. Mm -hmm. I thought I would send you a message as I have just finished all 60 on episodes of the Motley Fool podcast. Have we that done is, 61? That is pretty cool, Tommy. Wow. We really appreciate Thanks, that, mate. mate. Thank yeah. you for, thank you for listening and for, for paying attention. Here's, here's what I like. He says, having made my first investment back in June, your podcast has been my primary source of education. The down to earth, no bullshit approach of yourself and Andrew is what has kept me hooked. And I just wanted to say, thank you. Keep fooling on. Kind regards, Tommy. You sure that's not <laughs> Mrs. Phillips. I promise, you, I promise you it's not. Okay. Uh, but look, yeah, that was just to give ourselves a pat on the back, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was more, it was more frankly about, um, thanks, thanks Tommy for listening. And, and you know, if, if there is some, some value in this, just keeping yourself on the straight and narrow is kind of what we do. And if, if once a week helps, then, then we're doing a good job, I think, Andrew. Yes. Now, we also got this bloke on Twitter. Um, I don't know. He's, he's, he's got a funny account. He said, the application on of wasabi on sushi is the definition of risk versus reward. That sounds like, that sounds like something Liam would say. It does sound like something <laughs> Was that Liam you, Liam? Say. It was me. I, <laughs> I, yeah. No, I, had, I just occurred to me as I had some sushi the other afternoon, and I, I like wasabi, but if I you don't mind. put it on right... It's, it really, like, you, you don't you don't get any flavor. You don't get any enjoyment. You just spend the next five minutes crying. So it just, yeah, yeah. yeah. You I, want to get it just right, don't you? Yeah. I, you know what we, what I love about that tweet, mate, I, I, you're on fire with your Donald Trump Thank tweet, you the Wasabi much. tweet. Thank you. What, what I really loved about it was it, it's actually a really great way of putting risk return exactly in, in, into, into context. Because yeah, if you don't put is. enough Wasabi on, you're wasting your time. And, and sometimes, as we've said before, sometimes the biggest risk is not taking enough risk at all. You leave your cash under the mattress, you're getting no return from it, no interest, no dividends. It's not going anywhere cash for you, Cash is right? just so super, super high risk for a, for a long-term time frame. On the flip side, trying to jump in the next biotech or specky miner is also a stupid, stupid idea and way too risky. But yeah. there's a middle point there, the wasabi on sushi story, which I think was a, it's just, it was a really pithy one-line summary of exactly what risk is. Can I say, and I'll disclose it to the Motley Fool listeners, I had no... Um, I was not considering the financial implications of the tweet <laughs> when I said that. I was thinking mainly about sushi and wasabi. You've so given, you've given yourself up there, mate. You could, you could have gone with it. You could have gone with it. No, but that, that's actually the point, right? I think. I think we, we you know, sometimes us financial types, we go into this horrible stuff about 
betas and alphas and gammas and discounted cash flows, oh, cap, capital asset pricing model, efficient market hypotheses. Mm. Anyway, what I loved about it, Liam, was just it, it was, and you're right, it wasn't about finance, but it was exactly the, the, the whole idea of taking a little bit but not too much, getting a little bit getting not too much. That was just exactly the perfect analogy for, for what it is when it comes to investing. So, yeah, yep. well done, mate. And, and the one thing you. I just said before we move on is that there's, uh, and we've talked about this before, and we'll no doubt talk about it again. Is there's there's the risk, and then there's risk. You know, when it comes to the market, there's risk because things are volatile. Um, and then there's risk because you're investing in things that just have shaky propositions. And they're two very, very different things there. I guess I, I would, okay. I would highlight. Now, mate, before we move on to your high horse. Oh, too early. We, Sorry, we gave, we gave our, we gave our Twitter handles. I'm going to give Liam a rep. LJ Flanners. Is that right? Liam? Yeah, spot on. L-J-F-L-A-N-N-A-S. Um, that's it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're probably not going to get a lot of financial insights on there, but you will, you'll hear a lot about AFL. It's um, a very fun follow. Yeah, so it's, yeah, jump on board. And Liam, one of the best young football callers in the code. Oh, so, uh, mate, you're, you're a gem. And uh, if you do yourselves a favour, follow him on Twitter. Listen to him on Triple M's footy podcast and footy calls as well. Nice one, and if you get this today, you'll hear me doing Sydney Swans versus Fremantle Dockers tomorrow afternoon. Go, you swans. Go the Swans. Listen in. Real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Can you give me my uh, sound effects, please, mate? I can't, I'm, not, I'm not doing right. this without my bagel and my sound effects. Go on. <laughs> if I don't do the sound effects, I mean, you I'm want out. to be a high horse? I'm out. Yep. Okay, let's finish that. <laughs> okay, right. Oh, here we go. There we go. Get on mate, your high there horse. There is one thing that... That's kind of that part feeds... part horse. Sorry about that. <laughs> what are you riding in on? <laughs> um, there's one thing that really... And the horse you rode in on. ...feeds me about... What? Well, it, it happens all the time. You see this in a lot of the financial shows, financial media. Someone will make a general comment that is 100% true and then use that as the basis of an entire investment thesis. I'll give you a few examples. <laughs> yes. The population is aging. It is. There's the baby boomer demographic. They're yes. all getting older. Yes. Ergo, you should buy nursing homes, healthcare, and funeral homes. Of course you should. There's going to be makes more, a lot of sense. More beds in nursing homes. More industry beds in is aged very care. clearly going to be growing. Death okay. is a uh, very, very reliable industry, mate. You, it's not going to be disrupted. How anytime can that possibly soon. be wrong? You're not going to have a new app to replace a funeral home. If more right? people are getting old, more people are getting sick, and more people are dying, makes perfect sense. How is that bad? Makes perfect sense. I'll give you another one. Um, the world will need. What's bad? Oh, yet. I'll, I'll wrap it all up. <laughs> oh, it's all, right, it's right, all right. bad for the same reason. All right, we're letting up. The world needs more lithium, more smartphones. Uh, more power storage, all of that kind of lithium, very important part of modern Mate, batteries. Elon Musk is going to be making more batteries. They're going to need, a, and it's true, they are, they absolutely are. Buy anything that's got lithium attached to it, buy a lithium miner. Uh, Chinese demand is growing. Rise of the Chinese middle class. Uh, Mate, lots I had more wealth. One percent of China. Mate, you would you would be. One is a one percent market share. Anything that exports to China, get on that because China is growing and there is a rising middle class there, and it's all it's true. true. It's yeah. all true. Yeah. Uh, AI and machine learning is probably AI? the more uh, artificial intelligence for those playing along I've at seen home. Star Trek. It's going to be huge. Yep. Anything that's got AI or machine learning, get in, get onto machine it today. Learning? Machine learning, uh, I'm not taking enough to know. That, isn't that just a different flavor of AI? I will, I will fill in for you. It's where, it's where the computer itself learns by what it, what it sees and does and continues to improve over time. That's what I was going to say. I know you were. So i tell you what's wrong with all of that. I it's, like the way you let me look good, mate. That's awesome. Thank you. You make yourself look good, mate. No, the, 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 we, true, I mentioned true. Howard Marks before. Can we, can we get before, that cut out? Yeah, Liam, just, just grab that bit. Thanks, mate. <laughs> We mentioned Howard Marks before, uh, he's a, a guy I really respect as an investor, and he talks about first level and second level thinking. And, and I think what we're talking about in all of those examples is a case of first level thinking. And as I said, this is all correct. However, you know, history is replete with examples of large generalizations that just held, didn't hold any applicability to mm -hmm. the individual investment case. So I would guarantee, Obama um, 
the US, we saw it not too long ago with clean energy. Clean energy is going to be huge. We're going to see more of these So Barack Obama gets elected. He's a big clean energy guy. Therefore, clean energy investments are smart. And a very, very decent basis for a thesis. Didn't they? But, Go broke. Yeah, but then, and and we we've seen this before. Remember, it was after uh, Fukushima. We saw uranium uh, things move around there. There are these yep. big things that are, that are that are generally true. But then people use that as a shortcut to just do any other due diligence. Yep. So yes, there's going to be more baby boomers around, but. A, if that is your thesis, you can't expect that to play out in six months. These are themes that is mm. going to play out over a decade. So if that is genuinely the basis of it, you can't freak out because something's gone down 10%. The population ain't aging that much in the next six months or so. No, right. So A, let it play through. Um, the second one is even if it is true, you need to have an eye for value. There's no point if you know clean, uh, clean energy is going to be the next wonderful thing. You're going to pay 2,000 times earnings for a little solar farm in, in South Australia. Right. It, it makes no sense whatsoever. And the other mm. thing you've got to remember too is whenever this, the nature of capitalism is that if anyone does exploit a new theme here and they're making super profits, that is going to attract competition like moths to the flame and that is going to bring margins down over time. So you need to, by all means, use that as a starting point. There's going to be rich pickings in that area, but it does not it does not forgive you for doing the proper research and getting to understand your company and having a reasonable basis for value. Well, I'm completely depressed. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Why, why bother? Why bother? Give the whole thing up. If, if none of these trends actually Mate, make any sense. It's just not that easy. I why mean, would I bother The investing? reality is it's just not, you know, there's no great investor in history who's just basically said, <laughs> here's a general truism, ergo, that's what I'm going to buy and has done well as a result of it. It's yep. not that easy. I, I, think it's, I think it's worth saying. Look, a very simple example. You mentioned aging population to start with. Mm. The nursing home stocks have been absolutely taken to the woodshed in the past six oh, months. Yep. Not because those trends aren't true. Trends are absolutely But because true. they were badly capitalized, badly structured businesses. Yep. And investors simply paid too much for them in the past. Huge and regulatory so risks. Yep. I think I'd probably summarize this. I'll have a go at it anyway. As saying just because the idea is valid doesn't mean the investment opportunity actually exists. Yes. There are things that are true that doesn't make them investable. And if they are investable, there's a price which is too much to pay. I don't think that's necessarily a terrible idea to start with some of these themes that's as, great as a starting to point for your research. Great place to start. But yeah. making sure you know what, you know, how, how those companies will capitalize on them, how reasonably priced or otherwise they are, whether they're worth buying, that's a whole different story. You can't just buy the trend. You can't just buy the fad. You've got to buy the business. And you've and got to, like just statistically speaking, even whoever is going to win this, there'll be, there'll be a hundred companies all trying to chase the same kind of um, uh, opportunity. And someone will win it, but picking that is going to be very, very, very difficult. So you've got to, you've got to understand that the, you know, the odds are against you of being the lucky one who's going to pick the one or two is going to, you're going to benefit most from that broad theme. Mate, we'll wrap it up there. Let's um, do it. Thank you so much for joining me again. Uh, and uh, Liam too, for your cameo. Always appreciate it, mate. Um, remember, you can subscribe to the Triple M Motley Fool Money podcast through and iTunes, should. and you should, or through Android uh, podcast app of your choice. And if you like what you're doing, please give us a big five-star rating. And also, not only follow us on Twitter, but you can go to, uh, to fool.com.au forward slash triple M and get a free report from us, plus some information from us and our boss, Bruce Jackson. Lots of fun. It's all free. You can sign up for our premium newsletters too, if you wish, and we might send you a marketing email or two, but that newsletter itself is free. We'd so join up, give us a go, fool.com.au forward slash triple M, and uh, don't forget to send us an email or a tweet. Nice one. Thanks, mate. Full on. Thanks, buddy. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.